welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode uh, 111 or uh, 7, depending on uh, which uh, numbering scheme you use. Wait, what? Is it like in binary or something? That's, uh, that's 7 in binary. So. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> well, you know, you got to be kind of a nerd to host this podcast, and uh, or listen to it for that matter. Absolutely. So you're all nerds, all of you out there in nerd land. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, my co-host this week is Guillaume Viet. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm no. A... <laughs> well, I'm just imagining the reaction. Well, what are you doing here, man? Are you supposed to be, like, editing your podcast? I'm taking a break. Uh-huh. Well, all right. Well, if it's uh, it's late. You can blame me, TYP, for uh, for uh, the latest episode. What is it? 301? Mm-hmm. Uh, being late? It's 302, actually. But who's counting? Or as I like to call it, episode nine. <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm still new at this. <laughs> oh, I see. This isn't a, this is a... Yeah, that was not binary. No. <laughs> I don't think threes are in binary. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we got a very... Uh, Guillaume episode this week again. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, you chose pretty much all the games on this lineup, so ah, I just have such impeccable taste. You I do. just, I just you can't know. help it. Yeah, you're you're for, you're my favorite gooey. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm eager to listen to all these awesome, amazing tunes. saving here okay that's a hint i guess (laughs) well you know most video games it's not much of a hint yeah i suppose
the fate of the world rests in my hands. I, I can feel the tension, the, wow, like this is the, the final countdown or something. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I do have a question here for, for you to answer for us, because I don't know the answer. Uh, in one particularly egregious case of Nintendo censorship, the opium traders from the Japanese version of this game had to deal a different merchandise in the localization. What was it? songs reminded me of a combination of Pokemon and Wario Land 1, and it's probably just a function of the platform it's on. <laughs> yeah, actually, that last song sounded very much like a Wario Land song. As if you had just gotten treasure or something? Yeah. Yeah, or you're like in some bizarro water area or something. Absolutely. Um, no, but this game was Final Fantasy Legend 2 oh, for God, the Game so Boy. And uh, it's, uh, as I said in my introduction on uh, Radio Free Nintendo, it's one of the first games that, you know, initiated me to the, uh, the wonderful, wonderful English language. <laughs> and that completely baffled me as well, because, you know, like, it's not ex exactly a, a stellar example of localization. So you've got stuff like the, you've got the, the Cave of North, and uh, other kind of quirky stuff in there. Cave of North instead of North Cave? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just um, one of my formative games, I suppose. I just sat there and with a, an English-French dictionary in my hands, and I tried to make sense of the plot, and the plot was full of ancient gods and new gods, and you fought Apollo and Venus and Odin, because they're all the same, right? Like Greek mythology yeah, sure. and the Norse mythology. It's all the same. At least for the Japanese. You know, the Japanese aren't afraid to botch or, or too oblivious to not botch any religion they get their hands on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like it was a, a fantastic game to, to play through as a kid. Uh, and I would just, uh, you know, like the, the booklet would have these wonderful illustrations, probably by a. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Yoshitaka Amano, who did basically all the uh, illustrations for Final Fantasy games. And um, it didn't look anything like what was in the game, of course, but I, you know, like it's still... <laughs> but it wasn't like like all split pea blocky sprites? Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah, there's no character portrait in there. Like, this was before the advances that uh, Final Fantasy II brought. Uh, and by two, I mean four, but whatever. And, um, yeah, a lot of people... Like, I haven't played this game in over a decade. Probably over, whoa, two decades. And um, people tell me, well, it's pro it probably doesn't hold up, because this game is not really a Final Fantasy game, it's a Saga game. And people have played on the PlayStation 1 the Unlimited Saga games, which are not very good from what I hear. So they're <laughs> telling me, well, like, this game probably hasn't held up. And uh, I, I'd love just a chance to verify that for myself. Please, Nintendo, bring this to the eShop. <laughs> it, it well, does... you know, you, you, you could uh, bust out your uh, English to French to Japanese dictionary and uh, play that port or, or remake that they made for the DS, right? Don't think that I haven't thought about it. Because the music is just 
fantastic, from what I've heard. But yeah, I don't know a word of, it,、uh, of Japanese, so it would be、uh, it would be a challenge. Come on, you know this game like the back of your hand. You don't need to be able to read this thing. Come on.、Uh, I guess. I guess. But、uh, yeah, like the game had a lot of quirky stuff going for it. Like, I can understand why people would be repelled at first because it doesn't even have experience points.、Uh, your stats that you gain are almost random. They seem to kind of depend on what you do in battle, but mostly they just seem random. And、uh, your your items get get used up all the time. So this awesome awesome sword that you have, well, you know, you better not use it more than twenty five times because after that it's gone. <laughs> Um, so, so it's like a fire emblem、uh, leveling up and fire emblem、uh, use of your weapons.、Uh, yeah, I suppose, but not as harsh. Like it's really,、uh, I, I never had any problems going through this game. But then again, I was going at a very, very slow pace because I, I, I couldn't figure out where to go most of the time. Anyway, just give me a chance to play it again, please. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what were the?、Uh, you had a- Hint question here about、uh, opium traders. Yeah, I, I, it's not something that I, that I would have noticed back when I was a kid, because nothing was more natural than people smuggling bananas, you know, to a <laughs> an eleven year old. But yeah, yeah. like the the opium smugglers became banana smugglers. <laughs> it's like when you're when you're a kid, it's like you think, well, they're just being silly, you know. Yeah, and to be fair, I think that whatever like the tile that he used for the crates, it kind of looked like they had bananas in them. So you know, it, it just made sense. I guess in that sense, it was a good localization. <laughs> they had,、okay. they actually looked at what the game looked like before they they just went and made some crap up. All right. Well,、uh, I do want to point out that this game actually makes pretty serious use of、uh, the stereo feature of the Game Boy. Oh yeah, and so I I know Guillaume, you you were commenting on how you couldn't hear everything over Skype, and and maybe because this game actually really、uh, pans left to right and 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 the like, so it's possible that caused problems for you. Oh, absolutely! Like in the first、uh, right away, the first、uh, title song, it's just like it keeps going left and right and left and right. It's just beautiful. Well,、uh, you should probably go on to the next game here. Sure. Sure, hope that was in a menu or something. Because if it goes on and on and on for an entire level, I would just go nuts. <laughs> you didn't like that song? <laughs> no, it was good. It was just a very short loop, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I, a lot of the songs in this game are actually pretty short.、Hmm.
if I didn't know th what games I asked you to play today, I, I would probably, right now, if I were playing at home, I would be scratching my head saying, well, I've definitely played this. Well, here's a question that uh, I came up with. So, uh, what maneuver can you perform in midair to slow your descent? question coupled with this song which, which is kind of like the level one one of right. bunk uh i would have gotten in at least a series right uh it's bunk's revenge and uh if i had like if i had wanted to make this episode the uh Guy nostalgia edition um I, I would probably have asked you for bunk's adventure on the game boy but uh this is a much better game <laughs> Well, it looks very impressive. I, I haven't played it, but uh, it's, to me it looks much more appealing than uh, the other Bond games I've seen. Um, I mean, it, really bright colors, really interesting sprite work, um, and, and it looks like the level design's interesting too. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I've heard that the first game in the series, Bunk's Adventure, I think it's called, is not that great on the TG-16, um, so I avoided it, and then I discovered the sequel on the... Uh, on the virtual console, and yeah, it's absolutely a well-designed, challenging game. And uh, there's a third one as well, which I haven't tried, but I did play Super Bunk on the SNES, and that one is also one to be avoided. Because they <laughs> okay. completely went, like, there's only six levels that go on forever and ever. It's a big change of the Bunk formula, um, but it, the level design is not there. Like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of neat ideas that don't seem to gel. Uh, you can basically go there's several ways to go through the levels but you end up just kind of getting lost so i, I didn't like that bunk's revenge is straightforward and uh it's a you know it's a platformer i'm not sure <laughs> what you can say about platformers of that era like i guess it's distinguishing feature is that bunk would attack with his head so you just headbutt enemies until they die which is pretty novel i guess it's kind of like wario actually when you think about it because he has that like headbutt thing that's kind of like a butt stomp mm -hmm. and then he has you know the like, smash forward is not unlike Wario's charge move yeah but it's got extremely short range and you're not really um, like it stops you in your tracks it doesn't make you go forward like in Wario so I, I would say there's a difference there but yeah like mainly like the the, the skill comes from you know headbutting the enemies that can be headbutted and avoiding the ones with spikes on their heads <laughs> oh how about that yeah I think Paper Mario did something similar. Anyway, uh, the the maneuver I was talking about in the, in the trivia question, do you remember what it is? Well, it's some sort of flip. Uh, I guess yeah. when you, you headbutt while you're jumping, while you're in the air, you just flip. 
and you can keep doing that continuously to gracefully spin your way through the air. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, I liken it kind of to the the when you shake the remote in New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of has a similar kind of thing to just sort of go without descending at all. Yeah, you um, kind of almost have to keep count of how many times you press the attack button, though, because uh, you know, unlike uh, kind of a generic spin move in other games, uh, it doesn't make you invincible. Like if you land on an enemy with you know the wrong end, you're gonna get hit, not him. Oh. So yeah, like it, it takes a certain amount of skill. You have to uh, know what you're doing. It's mainly used to tra- traverse terrain and, and not exactly just to, to smash any enemies that you come across. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't have anything else I can say about Bonk. I, I've never played it. So. Well, the uh, the Game Boy game game is was kind of notable for me just for the fact that I bought it with my own money. And I beat it in 30 minutes. This was the uh, the Game Boy Bonk's Revenge? Uh, Bonk's Adventure. Okay, because I think there was a, a Bonk's Revenge for the Game Boy as well. Yeah, I would have avoided it after Bonk's Adventure. Because when you spend your own like 20 or $30 when you're a kid, and you get a game that you can beat after 30 minutes, and then you're only the only thing that you're left to do is basically try to beat the game with as many lives as you can, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a disappointment. So, so is it like even shorter than New Super Mario Land? Ooh, uh, good question. Not uh, not New Super Mario Land. Uh, the you know Game Boy New. Yeah, wow. su- Super Mario Nintendo <laughs> Super Mario Land. Yeah. Uh, well, it's um, Super Mario Land is uh, it took me a while to beat it because it I think it was more challenging than Bunk's Adventure, and it was also one of the very first platformers that I got to play on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So that was its own challenge. I had played other Mario games at friends' houses, but I never owned an NES. So uh, yeah, it took me a little bit. It took me at least two weeks, I would say, to beat Super Mario Land back in the day. Yeah, that's fair. I remember Mario Land being pretty challenging. I know yeah. people complain about how you can blast through it in an hour these days, but it actually is pretty hard if you've never played it before. Yeah, and you have to like. There's this kind of. Um, acclimatation period where you have yeah. to just you have to figure out what the enemy hitboxes are because <laughs> they're <laughs> they're not exactly precisely what the sprites look like. Sometimes yeah. you can kind of go through a certain element of the the background or like the you know the blocks or the enemies and uh, yeah you, you have to get used to that and, and then the game gets a little bit easier. But Bunk, I mean, it is a an absolutely wonderful game to look at, and if you're into 2D platformers, I would definitely say try it uh, on the virtual console. And uh, from what I heard, the Bunk's Revenge and Bunk Three, whatever it's called, are both really, really good.
Okie doke. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this particular piece. It took a while to get going, so it took a while for me to actually recognize which game this was. Oh, so you figured it out. I, yeah. Um, it does feature that kind of uh, farty sound that I mentioned about the Genesis last time I was here. So, uh, yeah, that's a clue. <laughs> probably should have mentioned this uh, before we started this, but this is a listener request. So Guillaume yeah, uh, actually uh, does not know what game this is. You were kind enough to, to warn me uh, on uh, on Skype that I was probably confused. But that that's kind of like my default state. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you revert to being confused when... Uh... Well, I've played this before. So this is the part of the game where I'm actually playing along and scratching my chin and just being like, wait, like what? The, what is this? I know, I I should know what this is. Well, this this hint might help. What does a circle signify in the context of this game's rules of play?
this is like torture. Not only have I played this game, but I've played it recently. So that's probably <laughs> why I got confused. But, uh, and I'm just scrambling. Like, I'm looking through Club Nintendo to see what VC games I played recently. I'm, I'm looking at the radio trivia thread <laughs> to see what you haven't used, and I just can't find it. So, do you have any guesses, or are you at a complete loss? I, I, I don't even, like, the, the question didn't even help me. I'm at a complete loss. Okay, well, this is Picross 3D for ah. the DS. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Of course. Well, you know, there comes a point in any Picross game, no matter how good the music is, where I mute it. Oh, I... This kind of game I totally understand. I mean, it, this game has like whatever nine or ten different songs they play in the background, but you're playing Picross, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you don't need you the music be, for that. You don't need the sound. Yeah, you want to be focused, and at some point, no matter no matter how good the, the music is, and I, I really did enjoy this music, um, it, it just becomes too distracting, so you turn it off. Well, I can't say I'm a huge Picross fan. To me, hmm. it just reminds me a lot of Minesweeper, and that's an ultimate turnoff for me because I just never had fun playing Minesweeper. So anything that kind of resembles that, I kind of unfairly don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't really see the comparison. I, I guess if you're only going at it by like how it looks, but the uh, the mechanics are completely different. There is absolutely nothing random about Picross. Each puzzle is uh, lovingly and carefully crafted, and uh, you have to solve it in a very logical manner. You, you, there's some tricks that you can pick out after a while, like the, the, the tutorials usually in these games are pretty good at uh, helping you figure it out what it is that, you're, that you need to do in order to come to the solution without actually telling you, okay, well, like, when you encounter this, you should do this. Yeah. Um, but actually, like, perhaps, like, what the, the, the tutorial is actually a little bit too extensive because they, they, they force you to play the easy puzzles first, and there's usually, like, a hundred of them. So for experienced Picross players, it can be a little bit tedious to go through all the easy puzzles first before getting to the good stuff. Yeah, that is kind of lame. Yeah. So, have you played them at all, or have you just looked at them and? Not really. I, I just every time I, I look at them, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play this game. Mm, but uh, Mario Specross was given away for uh, uh, Club Nintendo points yep. at some point. Totally did not go for that. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'm I'm not sure what I can. You can't do anything for me. <laughs> tell you like uh, obviously you are completely alien. Like you are. Uh, Something else, you know, like there, there's no points of reference here. Yeah, <laughs> we Sorry. cannot, we cannot understand each other. Yeah, <laughs> I watched a video of someone playing, and I'm like, eh, I'm confused. <laughs> so, do you now that you know the game? Do you do you know what the green, the circles mean? You have a circle around a number. Uh, oh, it just means that there is a gap somewhere, uh, isn't it? Yes, actually, I believe it's a square if there's more than one gap, so a circle indicates there's only one gap. Right, right. Because the game is 3D, so... Yeah, th this information becomes important. Unlike the 2D Picross, where they can tell you, okay, 2, 2, 2, 2, then that means that there's, you know, the 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 the, 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 the squares that you have to leave come in pairs. Um, they, they can't really do that in 3D for, for various reasons. So instead, they tell you where the gaps are, or how many gaps there are. And you have to figure out how to sculpt, basically, the shape that you're given. Um, Those shapes are hideous, by the way. I mean, you got to use your imagination. <laughs> yeah, and like it's, I, I know what I just said is incredibly abstract, but as I said, the tutorials are good. So um, actually, there's probably still... <laughs> I know that no one is ever going to use this feature again, but I'm sure that you can still download the demo off the Nintendo channel on your Wii. So, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm talking to people listening, and not oh, to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys can go do that. I'm not. Anyway, that was a request from my friend Steve Ronsley. Uh, so, uh, hopefully you... 
uh, approved of the song selections. Good pick. I, I yeah, I definitely approve. It's it's good, and I enjoy it more when I I don't have to play the game while listening to it. And now back to uh, Guillaume's uh, podcast. <laughs> Excellent. this is this is not the most recognizable song in the game so uh i'm but you know what i bet it's kind of like my guess from earlier have a talent for honing in on whatever obscure tune is in the, is in a game. Yeah, I try to avoid the obvious ones actually. <laughs> or at least save them till the third song. Uh, yeah. Well, uh we had a question here, Guillaume, uh, would you do us the honors of reading it? All right. So the question is, how do you upgrade your cute companion's abilities in this game? Like everything in this game. 
So tell us, Guillaume, what game is this? This would be Monster World 4. And, and for those of us that are utterly confused by the, the lineage of this uh, series, can, can you remind us as to what is Monster World? Oh, Jesus. Um, it's complicated. I don't fully grasp it, uh, the whole uh, lineage. Uh, I don't think anyone does on Earth. Um, it will take mega computers hundreds of years to figure out exactly <laughs> how everything works together. But, um, uh, you know, Wonder Boy started off as this, um, well, it started off as Adventure Island. Everyone has played Ven- Adventure right. Island, I would guess. So it was the side-scroller, very simple, very straightforward. And then um, Wonder Boy, this was the, the arcade and the Master System version. Well, it had sequels, but the sequels went into completely new territory and they became more uh, action-adventure games. Not unlike uh, Adventure of Link, actually. Hmm. Uh, still side-scroller, but you have all of a sudden a sword and a shield and you go kill some baddies and get some coins and buy some equipment and uh, and so on uh monster world 4 because at some point the series did become monster world instead of wonder boy <laughs> uh, yeah is this confusing enough yet uh i yeah, think that's a six it's a sixth game in the wonder boy series but it's called monster world 4 yeah, because the the games before that were called, let's say, a f- fictitious example, because I don't actually know, but Wonder Boy 3, Monster World 2, and things oh, like God. that. So yeah, if you thought that uh, Super Mario Advance was complicated, uh, I've got news for you, they didn't invent anything. Um, <laughs> but in this one, Monster World 4, you play as a girl, so you, obviously uh, you had to drop the Wonder Boy uh, part of the title. So now it's just Monster World 4. And it's available for the first time ever, translated, localized for North America, uh, on the virtual console, as well as XBLA and PSN. Is, is it localized on, on the virtual console? It is, yeah. Oh, wow, uh, I so, yeah, so uh, I, I guess that Nintendo decided to do uh, make an exception here, since probably Sega probably told them, well, you know, like, if you don't let us put it on the virtual console translated, uh, we don't care, because we're already bringing it to your competitors. Yeah. Uh, it's an excellent game. Uh, and, you know, I haven't played the other Months of World games before, but I heard that this one was just, like, the prettiest, the easiest, and the... Uh, yeah, just all-around best version of this game. So I, I have no trouble starting with this one and then going back. I've only heard good things about this game, and I remember when it actually came out and it was you know, announced in Nintendo's little uh, press release, and it was just sort of like a one-liner on the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, really? Not going to make a big deal about this? Yeah, yeah, it's a shame because there's so many people listening to this who would love, love the crap out of this game. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, as I said, it's an adventure of Link, except uh, way prettier, way easier, way better done. Um, I, I just, uh, the, the, the graphics just pop out. They're super colorful. Uh, you play for the first time in the series as a girl, and the girl actually doesn't it. Even though she's got long hair, she doesn't attack with it. So uh, take that, Shante. She actually has a sword, and uh, she doesn't belly dance. And uh... oh man, well, now now he lost my interest. What? <laughs> it's all progressive and stuff. Yeah. You know, girls can fight too, and uh, it's not just because they have long hair. You know, like uh, they're. I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Shantae is borderline sexist, I guess. And there's more than one comparison that you could draw between the two games, because in Shantae, the GBA version, you have several planes that you can jump in and out of, and it's the same thing in this game. Um, So I I have to imagine that WayForward took that as inspiration. You know, I... There's so many similarities. Well, uh, it's definitely a game I should check out. It, it should, I should add it to my list because uh, it's probably pretty cheap. What would be like eight bucks, nine bucks? It's nine dollars, and it's even cheaper on. Um, well, I would have to look that up, but I think on XBLA you can buy a pack of uh, different Monster World games for less than nine dollars. Mm. 
and it's the same thing with PSN. I, I think that uh, there are m several Monster World games available for uh, yeah for for maybe five dollars a piece. So uh, if you prefer to do your gaming on other consoles, I guess you can go that route. Um, I guess ultimately for a game like this, it, it comes down to whether the recreation of it on, on these other services is you know comparable to the virtual console emulation. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see any complaints about the emulation over there. I, I guess what I, you know, I did buy it on the Wii because I, I picture myself playing uh, virtual console games longer than I picture myself playing the PS3. <laughs> um, but the uh, what I what I want to say is that if you don't have access to the other consoles, do not pass on this game on the Wii just because you feel like you're getting ripped off. Because you're not. This is an excellent quality game, and it's definitely worth the nine bucks. You know, regardless of whether or not it's available for cheaper elsewhere. I, I mean, if you were to get the import cartridge, it would cost you like hundreds of dollars so really you're getting a bargain you know <laughs> so uh, there's a question about uh, a cute companion and uh, how you upgrade his abilities yeah there is this uh, blue bird called Pepe that follows you around uh, as soon as it hatches from its egg and um, you can upgrade his abilities by reaching a very secret very well hidden garden I had to look at an FAQ I, I have to admit to find this garden uh, in the, the main town in the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this tree giving out these fruits. And so you, you feed these uh, Pepe Lago fruits to uh, your uh, Pepe. And uh, he just uh, becomes fatter and heavier and uh, more powerful. Actually, more, more powerful is not the best way to put it. Because he actually loses some abilities just as he gains new ones. Uh, for instance, when he starts out, he can eat up fire, so he can, uh, you know, uh, get rid of some obstacles in your way. Then you fatten, fatten him up a little bit, then you can grab him, and uh, he can let you hover for a bit. So that's a new way to, to cross some types of terrains. And then you get him a little bit more fat, and all of a sudden you can't really carry him anymore, uh, because he's just too heavy. Um, but he'll have gained some other new abilities that uh, you can put to good use in whatever new dungeon you've just unlocked. So is this like an optional upgrade? Uh, no, no it's not. And actually it's kind of a, you know, it's not a design problem, but it, it did piss me off a little bit because you, you, you get, you go through these dungeons in sequential order and the the dungeons are very much tied to whatever abilities Pepe has at the moment. And because he loses some abilities just as he gains new ones, uh, that means that the old dungeons are locked away. Oh. And I, I, I was had that way, uh, you know, the first time. I, I, I missed a couple of chests in a dungeon and I thought, well, I'll just go back to it once I beat this boss. And I beat the boss and I, well, you know, what just happened there? Why, why is this door locked? Why can't I go back in? And um, well, the same in Zelda too. I mean, seriously, in Zelda two, it turned to stone after you finished the castle. So <laughs> there's another yeah. similarity that maybe was unfortunate. It is. I so just be warned. Try to be thorough and uh, find everything in dungeon before you exit, because you won't get the uh, the opportunity to go back. And it's very much needed because, I mean, like, it, you very much do want to try to find everything because every little bit of money you find helps. Uh, the upgrades uh, for your sword and for your shield, which is, they are really vital to, to, to get through the levels. Like, I, I said this is the easiest game in the series, but it's still, you know, it's not a cakewalk. So uh, be thorough, get all the money you can, get all the upgrades you can. And uh, that's my advice. Alrighty. Well, uh, we're going to go on to the last game here. So uh, enjoy your... God damn it. We're going to go on to the last game here.
sure where that thing loops, but I'm sure it has. <laughs> um, wow, you picked a game that uh, I don't have that much to say about. Interesting. It's okay, neither of us have anything to say about it. Excellent. hasn't figured out that this is, you know, some sort of uh, oriental-themed game. I, I don't know what to say. It's almost stereoty- stereotypically so. It sounds good, though. <laughs> it does. Good music. Well, here's your question. For which licensed game soundtrack is the composer of this game, Hiroshige Tonomura, most well-known? something so that i don't know if that helps or not uh no one's gonna get this game <laughs> what game what game is this guillaume it is destiny of an emperor for the nes it's a game that i'd never even heard of before you recommended it really like yeah you know what i i kind of wish that this had been a johnny episode i get a feeling he's played it i think he's mentioned it at some <laughs> point but I, I i can't be sure um it's a weird game it, it, it's in a lot of ways, you know, presents itself like a typical, you know, Famicom or NES RPG. But uh, the manner in which the battles play out are, I don't know, it's, 
are they call it a strategy RPG or it, it's sort of weird. It's like random battle and then you're fighting whatever four people, but you can tell them to do just like a free for all. Yeah, it seems like and it's, I, it's, I, I guess the main uh, gimmick here is that any enemy that you encounter, you can recruit for your army. Uh, so at some right. point, if you feel like uh, one of your party members doesn't cut it, and you're fighting someone who's stronger, well, uh, just defeat him, and uh, you'll get to keep him. Is, um, is it that you'll get to keep him, or is it like random chance that you'll get to keep him? Because I, I don't, I don't think you will absolutely get to keep him no matter what. I think it's sort of a well, random I think, chance uh, aspect. Like you have to pay him, you have to bribe him into uh, staying with your party, and then he does. Um, like if you were wondering how someone who doesn't speak, uh, you know, a word of English ends up getting for Christmas a Final Fantasy game, um, well, I had a friend who had a cousin who was way into RPGs at the time, and yes, RPGs, and, uh, I think this is one of the games that I watch him play, and I was just mesmerized. <laughs> it was just, like, what the hell is going on? But it seemed cool. Like, the, the music was good. It's a very strange game. Like I said, it looks kind of like, I don't know, a Dragon Warrior, kind of. But it, it, the way it plays out, it's very different. Um, I mean, it has the clunky menus you would expect from like a Dragon Warrior game. I, I yeah. think the different characters each have their own inventory. So when you want to actually, uh, like, let's say you want to, you buy and then equip it, uh, equip a dagger. It's like mm -hmm. you buy the dagger, then you have to give it to the other member in the party, and then you have to go tell him to equip it. So <laughs> it's of that era. Oh, that, that's always fun. <laughs> do you have to do you have to tell them uh, go up the stairs and down the stairs as well, or uh... I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't watch that much of this game on YouTube, but uh, I watched enough to, to get a feel for it. it yeah, I, I I'm so frustrated by Capcom on the Virtual Console. They keep rehashing. They keep re-releasing the same games over and over again. I think that pretty much everyone who wants to have access to a Mega Man game does have access, Capcom. Mm -hmm. So why not bring some of your lesser-known RPGs or you know lesser lesser-known series? Um, I, I, I well, I've lost absolutely any hope of ever seeing a Demon's Crest or Gargoyle's Quest game on a Virtual Console, yeah. of course. But yeah, this is another good one. Like this is another hidden gem that a lot of people I'm sure would like to be able to revisit uh, well, to revisit, to visit for the first time, and some people to revisit um, Well, I, I think this game may actually be licensed, I'm not sure, but I, I think it might be based on a manga or something Well, supposedly it's based on the uh, the novels uh, what are they called again? Oh, oh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would that like is there is that still like is that not public domain? That's public domain, but if there's some variation based on that, that's like particular characters or particular style that this game was based on, that might be non-public domain. That may be IP, right? I see. So I I don't know I don't know the uh, the exact origins of this game, but there was a sequel to it as well, which mm -hmm. uh, I think was Japan only. Of course. Anyway, the uh, composer of, of this uh, game's music, uh, Hiroshige Tonomura, um, made a few Capcom games, not too many. He, he defected uh, pretty soon after he got there, but uh, before he uh, left, he made a little game called uh, DuckTales. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Uh, actually, a few of the songs in the soundtrack do sound quite a bit like DuckTales. Uh, mm. I don't think I chose them in this particular uh, lineup. But uh, there definitely are more Capcom-esque songs in the soundtrack, yeah, which I'm sure yeah. you'll hear in the background. Now, you know, because you just mentioned DuckTales, you have to end the podcast with a moon theme. No. I'm pretty sure it's requi required by law. No, because it wasn't in this episode of Radio Trivia, so I can't in, in good conscience do that. Alright, well, everyone go on YouTube and just uh, search for DuckTales moon theme and... Uh, I don't know. I, I I would probably... It's probably my favorite piece of 8-bit uh, music ever. That's said a lot, man. That's... Wow. I, I, I'm pretty convinced that I, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it's DuckTales! It is. As someone uh, said during a uh, live PAX East episode of Arfin at one point. 
Well, this was a good episode with good music, if I dare say so myself. Yeah, uh, very retro uh, lineup here, but uh, not so much like necessarily like NES. You know, it's it's actually uh, kind of a smattering of, of stuff that you may have uh, not experienced from the first time around. Yeah, and uh, well, you know, like I I do, I'm an avid, I would say, uh, virtual console user. So all these games are actually were probably new to me at some point, or like except for the ones that I played back in the day. But um, yeah, like th- there's so much good stuff in there, and I really hope that uh, people people's curiosity is piqued and that they go check out some of these games. Well, I know I'm more interested in uh, Monster World Four than uh, before, so I didn't know that much about it. I, I okay. N- another piece of advice that I have for Monster World Four: um, there are like right in the first village. Uh, there are things that are doors that don't look like doors. So be, be on the lookout. <laughs> it can be a little bit... Uh, it, it took me a while to figure out where to go. Not everything is super explained. And uh, yeah, ju- just be thorough in your exploration. Alrighty. Well, with that, we're going to close things out. You can, of course, listen to Guillaume uh, almost every week on Radio Free Nintendo. Uh, pretty much. And... Uh, he also edits that podcast, so you can complain to him. What? <laughs> I'm joking, man. <laughs> There's, I, I can't see, I can't think of a, a reason for complaints. No, man, you've done an awesome job. Uh, my, my work is impeccable, just like my taste. That's right. Fantastic job, Gil. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, good night, everyone. Toodles. Final Fantasy Legend 2 is copyright 1991 Squaresoft. Bonk's Revenge is copyright 1991 Hudson Soft Red. Picross 3D is copyright 2009 Al Laboratory Nintendo. Monster World 4 is copyright 1994 Sega. Destiny of an Emperor is copyright 1989 Hiroshi Motomiya M&M Company Shueisha Capcom.